Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Hello, Ben. Great to be with you guys, and thank you all so much for listening. We have a great episode for you all today. We're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on with Ukraine and Russia from the perspective of America and the American politician. We got some sound coming up here in just a moment that I think you're going to love. And, of course, we will keep you updated on all things crazy when it comes to American politics and American politicians. As I said in the last episode, a lot of the words right now that are being spoken by certain members, mostly of the GOP, but we're also going to talk talk about how uh, there's a little bit of bipartisan stupidity going on when it comes to <laughs> Ukraine and Russia as well. <laughs> but mostly the GOP talking point wanting to suck the sweet nipple of Putin is going to come back to bite them in the proverbial ass. And I cannot wait uh, for them to get treated like a mailman on a horny dog's route. So <laughs> let's start with Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn, first of all, he just got pulled over for driving without a license. A man who would actively <laughs> call for the death penalty if he even thought a lib turd didn't have a license. <laughs> You're dead. Madison Cawthorn, a recent clip has come out of him criticizing President Zelensky in Ukraine. Now, of course, when it comes to criticizing leaders, I'm not against it. I'm mm -hmm. quite for it. But in this world, Madison Cawthorn is in a binary sense praising Putin, and he refers to Zelensky as a thug, which is exactly what Putin is. Again, mm. nothing more than deflection. But let's play this sound of Madison Cawthorn, and let's see how this holds up to scrutiny again as we're uh, watching the potential for World War III take place. This man is definitely on the wrong side of history. All right, let's play this clip of Madison Cawthorn preaching to the choir. Remember that Zelensky is a thug. Remember that the Ukrainian government is incredibly corrupt and it is incredibly evil and it has been pushing woke ideologies and it really just the new woke world. <laughs> what? Yeah, so uh, Ukraine, Ukraine is too woke for Madison Cawthorn. <laughs> I'm fairly certain it's not exactly uh, the idea of woke that we have in this country. It makes no sense. It's a total non sequitur. All he's doing is spouting Putin propaganda, and he is supposed to be, again, defending us, defending this uh, nation, not kowtowing to a strong man who is way over his head. And as I've said before, I'll say it again Putin will soon be dead. 
Now, those comments from Cawthorn, those are giving, oh, our old ladybugs, Lindsey Graham. They're <laughs> giving him fits, Travis. Lindsey Graham is not happy oh, with no. what Madison Cawthorn is, say, is, is saying, and he is desperately trying to keep the Republican Party together as Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, <laughs> and Madison Cawthorn continue to get the headlines. Old Lindsey, you know, he's the star of his own show, and he wants to be on camera, too. But of course, nobody cares what he has to say after turning his back on his old friend John McCain for political gain. But let's play what Lindsey Graham had to say regarding those comments that come from, again, people like Cawthorn, Green and Boebert. There's a poll coming out tonight I'm aware of. (laughs) Where Putin's approval rating is 0.7 percent. <laughs> I don't know now, what I don't know who that these is, people but are, but they're not a lot really of them. I think the average Republican and Democrat in this country would give high marks to Zelensky. Yes. Do a poll. I've seen these polls. What <laughs> He's seen Putin a lot has of done polls. is done something we can't <laughs> on ourselves. Like 90 percent of the country is with the Ukrainians and as opposed to Putin. So when you see a member of Congress say things like this, the one thing I want you to know, they're outliers Mm. in the largest sense possible on our side. And there's some on the left that are outliers. So let's end with this thought, that America believes that Zelensky and the Ukrainians are the Mm -hmm. good guys and Putin's the bad guys. And we'd like to be helping the good guys. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, Lindsay's always he walks looking. off. He's out of there. He's out of there. Lindsay's looking for a few good men. <laughs> and why wouldn't he? So when it comes to the Republican Party, we'll just focus on them uh, momentarily. What do you think this means for the midterm? Lindsey Graham mm. kind of doing what uh, a good street hustler does. They get really specific with statistics, even if they're not true. For example, the man in Williamsburg, this dude who was like, I need a dollar 17 cents to get home. <laughs> but he never got home. And I know for a fact he got more than a dollar 17 cents because the first time I saw him, I gave him a dollar 30. And I was like, that's 13 more cents than he asked for, sir. I really hope you can get home now. But then the next day he was just out there needing a dollar and 17 cents again lindsey graham doing 90 percent of americans support ukraine over russia and then of course he gave uh statistics from a poll didn't cite which poll but a poll (laughs) that says putin is obviously has uh he has some high unfavorables but what do you guys think the message should be for the Republicans or what it is for the Republicans in the midterms because I can't see standing by Putin being a political winner. No, I don't see how it could be either, unless, of course, obviously, if Trump comes out and once again proclaims that Putin's a genius <laughs> oh and my. everyone believes him again. Remember, that's how this stuff got started. We're, we're seeing a, a Republican Party fighting amongst itself, eating its own tail, as we've been reporting uh, for the past few weeks, months, years at this point. But now with the Ukraine issue, I think it stems from the fact that Trump, uh, again, like to be cozy to Putin, call him a genius. And then that kind of trickled down in a way to CPAC. We saw J.D. Vance's comments. We've seen Lauren Boebert's comments. Of course, she said that the the reason Putin attacked Ukraine is because he's seen what's happening in America. It's like, okay, I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. 
Exactly. And what does Cawthorn mean here about Zelensky being a thug? It doesn't mean you go bomb hospitals and exactly. take over the entire country. So it is going to be fascinating. Now, whether or not it has an impact on the midterms, to your question, I think yeah. that depends on how long this conflict goes on. Mm. In, in America, again, we've got our 24-hour news cycle, but then we've also got our, you know, our 12-hour amnesia. People forget about things pretty quickly. Yes, so it is. I think it's going to come down to the fact of uh, again, and don't forget, Lazy Graham. He's a war hawk. He loves his war. Mm-hmm. He loves his polls, and he loves his war. Yes, There's he does. Never been a war that Lindsay didn't support. Well, that's how he so, gets all of his ladybugs. <laughs> exactly, y'all. And that, of course, needs to also be addressed. And. and but I think these Cawthorns, these Boberts, mm-hmm. I think what we're seeing is kind of an isolationist wing of the GOP that has been growing for some time and feels emboldened right. uh, post-Trump. Um, but in terms of, you know, if these guys win or lose in their midterms, I honestly think Cawthorn not having a driver's license, that could hurt him more domestically <laughs> than his dumbass comments to the choir. Right. How does he even vote without a driver's license? Well, I mean, that's a whole nother story we have with Mark Meadows in a second, because Mark Meadows, well, I guess we could just talk about it now. Former, Yeah, uh, speaking chief, of North Carolina. Exactly. Former chief of staff, of course, to Trump. One of these people who spreads the lies that just too many people are voting. It turns out uh, he illegally voted in North Carolina because he doesn't actually Insane. have a residence there. And he said that he did. And he did it via the mail. So that's why these people that's think crazy. everyone is cheating, because they're the ones cheating. Uh, and they're like, yeah. everyone must be doing it. And it's like, no, you're just an asshole it taps into what we were talking about uh, months and months ago that the only cases of voter fraud were trumpers trying to get away with it to prove that they could <laughs> and we're also going to talk about what this rhetoric has to do with the u.s census because hispanics have been historically overlooked in the census and now more so than ever we have a couple of numbers coming up for you uh, about that just a little bit later on but travis you mentioned how it seems like the republicans are uh, you know eating their own tail but what do we know about lizards and lizard people. <laughs> the tail regrows. And I think that's a fantastic point when it comes to how long will this happen? How long will Russia and Ukraine, how long will this air quotes conflict, a.k.a. atrocity, a.k.a. a man, uh, Putin committing war crimes? I don't like the word conflict. It just reminds me of Vietnam. It's a fucking war. Mm-hmm. People are bleeding. They're dying. As far as I'm concerned, if bullets are being fired and bombs are going off and children's hospitals are being destroyed, it's not a conflict. A conflict is like, man, I can't believe you took the last turkey sub. You know, right, I love turkey right. sandwiches. Ben, I'm sorry. I, I thought you liked ham. I thought you liked ham. <laughs> well, gosh darn it. I'll eat the ham. And that's the end of that conflict. But in this situation, <laughs> in war, the end might not be so uh, so clean and so clear cut. So how long... Does this thing play out as the U.S. continues to, you know, we're going to fund Ukraine. We're going to give them a lot of money. Of course, there has still been no military engagement. A hundred U.S. citizens did pass to become kind of militants. So there is a hundred U.S. citizens over there uh, fighting for the Ukrainians. Uh, There's also a sniper from Canada who took the chance and he's like, you know what? I love sniping so much. I'm going to Ukraine. My finger. And he can can pop uh, some, some domes there off the Russians. But the question here, it doesn't seem like now that we're, you know, almost three weeks in, it doesn't seem like it's any closer to ending. If anything, it's accelerating. Putin's weapons, uh, his use of weapons are getting more extreme. Mm -hmm. And as this continues, he's going to feel his back getting against the wall further and further and further. When he gets more stressed out, he's going to make more irrational decisions, even if he deems them rational from a military perspective. This could go on. This is an occupation of a foreign country. This could go on 
for the foreseeable future. I mean, this could be three years. This could, mm. I mean, hell, we were in Afghanistan for fucking 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as we've pointed out, it's a lot easier to start wars than it is to finish them. And that's essentially where we're headed at this point. I mean, they've tried multiple times between Ukrainian officials, Russian officials, NATO, EU, U.S., no talks have worked out. No. So, I mean, in, in that respect, you're, you're absolutely right. And when it comes to what the U.S. does here at home, the House has recently passed a bill that allowed a Russian oil ban, and it approved additional sanctions against the Kremlin, obviously, for its attack on Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Now, Lindsey Graham mentioned how the support for Russia or the perceived support for Russia is bipartisan. What did he mean by that? Well, of the 17 people who voted against this House bill that, again, would uh, limit or would ban oil from Russia. Two of them were Democrats. 15 of them were Republicans. Uh, the Democrats who voted uh, to not ban uh, Russian oil was Cory Bush and Ilhan Omar. Now, I don't particularly understand this point of view. I don't know why they would go about um, if we, you know, we have a stick and we have a uh, and a carrot. And the only way to get change from these people is one of those options. Mm-hmm. And this is the beginning of diplomacy. You have to start with sanctions. You have to give the Russians a reason to come to the table. And the only way to do that is have them so economically destabilized that th- now they need to negotiate. I don't understand Ilan Omar's uh, point of view on this, and I don't know why she decided to vote uh, with the 15 Republicans, because the 15 Republicans, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Louis Gohmert, Glenn Grotham, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates. It's a disgusting amount of people. It's a disgusting group of people uh, to uh, be with. Paul Gozer, uh, Clay Higgins. I mean, these people are some of the biggest scums of the earth. But this is why Ilan uh, Omar said that she did not support the sanctions against Russia. Um, she says it's not only going to have a devastating impact on the people of Russia, but on Europe as well. When we're having mm-hmm. these conversations, they can't just be about immediate gratifying response that we want to come up with. I would argue that Putin's power and Putin's um, reach in the region gets stronger with the more amount of money that he has. Mm-hmm. And by definition, that will hurt Europe more than a destabilized Russian economy. I just don't understand her political calculation here. Uh, I said it last week. We don't really receive that. Uh, I mean, I, I thought maybe she was thinking more about Americans and that's why she was against this. But seeing you read this quote, uh, this is like you said, this hurts Europeans way more. War hurts them way more than paying more per leaders. Exactly. And this is what Louis Gohmert had to say. He says, Mm. I'm not voting yes on this bill until the U.S. becomes more energy independent. Uh, He says President Biden's outrageously calloused original decision on its first day to make America and Europe dependent on Russia, Iran and Venezuela for oil. while he chases green new nightmares has made the world more dangerous for democracy while funding those who will end our freedom. Meanwhile, again, He is by proxy allowing funding (laughs) for Russia by not approving the sanctions. So these people are talking out of both sides of their ass. And it is absolutely infuriating as, of course, we see what's going on and uh, the lack of American uh, resolve to do anything about it. So this is according to Matt Gates. He was like, I'm not going to join them. Biden's plan to replace Russian oil with Venezuelan or Iranian oil is needlessly foolish. It will make Americans poorer and less safe. My compassion for Ukrainians won't force my hand to hurt my own people, which again, doesn't make any 
freaking sense <laughs> other than the fact these politicians want to get reelected and they truly believe that their constituents will be mad at them if they are perceived to be against the Kremlin. What kind of world is this? As I said last episode, we have 1% of imports of our oil come from Russia. This is not the reasons why our oil prices are going up, as you will see everywhere on social media, is because of profits from the oil companies. All the inflation, all that talk, it has yet to hit the oil market. So Mm. the prices are yet to come for the consequences of this quote unquote war. But again, the reality is this is just echo chamber talk. This is just contrarian talk because this is not the reason. This is not the reason for what's happening with our oil, period. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. So also now the White House, as we predicted, what is war good for? Uh, ratings, um, money, and it creates a political smokescreen when it comes to the White House. Obviously, inflation is real. We know what's happening. We can see it at the pump. Right. We see it everywhere we go. As I've said millions of times, the only thing that trickles down is the cost. There is no such thing as trickle-down economics. Americans are poorer now than they ever have been. And, uh, of course, the rich continue to get richer. And now we have a White House who was just going to say, ah, screw it. According to the Consumer Price Index, this is the highest inflation we have seen since 1982. Yearly inflation rose 7.9% in February. And of course, uh, the Biden administration is blaming energy costs for that and by proxy blaming the uh, conflict, aka full-on, full-fledged, borderline civil war in Russia, Ukraine. And I feel Mm. like the American people just see this and they're like, buddy, I don't care what the excuse is. I got to get to work. And this is literally taking food out of my children's mouths. Yeah. I mean, to your point about civil war, I I do want to mention a, a nice listener reached out, Kristen Briggs. She dates a Russian and she actually noted that um, it's brother versus brother. It's basically another proxy civil war, very similar to what we accidentally got into when we got into Vietnam. Right. Um, and and again, to your point earlier, um, this makes this makes entrenched warfare. I mean, I think you, you even said it on on. In the last few months, Ben, that this is going to be block by block. This is going to be like Fallujah, right? This is going to be guerrilla warfare oh, yeah. in these towns. But again, coming back home, I mean, yeah, I filled up uh, my dad's van today with gas. It was over 60 bucks. I don't think I've had to put uh, that much money into a gas tank myself since 2008, uh, back the last time gas prices were this high. And 
again, but just one percent of our, uh, uh, you know, supply that we bring right. in for oil and gas comes from Russia. And let's not forget the Saudis turned down Joe Biden's deal when Joe was like, "Hey, can you help us out?" Mm-hmm. And the Saudis like, "No, we just take down your buildings and we leave." Right, so, no. and then and then they invade Yemen uh, with their big old drone war over there, and of course have created a huge humanitarian crisis over there as well, which is a little bigger than Ukraine. But uh, you know the news doesn't like to cover that one as much. Of but uh, getting That's... back to Elon Omar, um, I did want to uh, point out, and Corey Bush is, uh, specifically, you know, they're part of the the Progressive Caucus, the the squad, and I think they've got relatively safe yes. congressional seats. So kind of like when AOC. And uh, Justin Amash both voted against the uh, the big rescue package uh, back at the height mm-hmm. of 2020. Um, you know, AOC voted against it because it didn't go far enough and it didn't get enough money to people that she wanted to get to. So this might just be like a protest vote, I think, you know, for Cory Bush and Elon Musk. It Omar. reminds me of how we get totally screwed when it comes to mm. both. Sometimes people overthink it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. The two people who are who don't. Okay, so people on the left who scream about cultural appropriation all the time. Right. I get it. Uh, People wearing dreadlocks or whatever. Whatever. I think you can have any hairstyle you want. But then you have people on the right. I'm sorry for for doing that in college. It's fine. (laughs) And then people on the right are like, yeah, that's right. You better stay true to your race. And these are the left and the right. And this is just one of those weird places where they connect. And it's Mm. like, I don't give a shit. Right. About I love we we just the fact that she is voting with Paul Gozer. The fact she's voting with Marjorie Taylor Greene, this is not AOC voting with Justin Amash, a relatively from a liberty, a relatively moderate libertarian, to be frank. Mm. At mm. no point did he ever speak, uh, you know, of Ilhan Omar as if she was a terrorist, which is also interesting that Ilhan Omar decided right. to vote uh, with, with Lauren Boebert, right. a woman who actively makes jokes that she's a suicide bomber. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. So strange right. bedfellows. And I disagree with her vote. And uh, I again, I'm not sure what the. What the squad has brought us other than headlines, because God knows they have zero uh, they have zero legislation history. They have no wins. Right. I mean, what can you tell me anything that they've done other than make headlines? Absolutely not. It's pretty much just been sensationalism from them, because even this, even this, is this something that her constituents told her? I doubt it. So this is just her voting based on some personal, truly a personal belief. Yeah, which, you know, I suppose she's allowed to do that. I just disagree with her uh, rationale. She's our representative, Ben. She has to vote how we feel, not what she feels. So (laughs) it bothers me. It just did. That's how I feel. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's uh, that's always up for debate. You look at someone like a Lindsey Graham and maybe that's how he rationalizes some of his current decisions or recent decisions involving Trump. He says, I'm just representing the will of the people. But then Mm. also it's good Mm. to have someone with a little bit of a backbone and an independent streak. I'm not against that, but I'm just against this vote because at some point, uh, if you're at a party and and you look around and it's nothing but, uh, you know, Gavin McGinnis and Tucker Carlson. And then all of a sudden (laughs) you're like, Oh my God, what's going on with Roger Ailes ghosts over there. You're going to be like, I gotta get out of here. And that's, I mean, I'm in the company of uh, of some scummery. And that's kind of my sentiment about a lot of the three people we've discussed recently. It seems like it's there's a um, there's a lot of contrarianism. Like, for example, that G- that GOP representative Cawthorn, he I think he was just trying to be a contrarian because of what, you know, all the Democrats are pro-Ukraine. So he's just he, they're so used mm. to being contrarians that he was just like, yeah, it's because they're woke. 
It's those Ukrainians are woke. The Ukrainian. I just well, when uh, I think of Ukraine, I don't think of woke. But anyway. <laughs> Right, right, right. And and Putin is definitely not looking at Ukraine like, oh, country too woke. I better than this. It's like good grief. But, but no, uh, Fernando, you're absolutely right. You make a great point. I mean, we've asked on this show, I mean, especially I believe when we played that Bobert clip where she's making that ridiculous joke about Elon Omar, it's like, well, what does this do? What does this do for your constituents? You're not, you're not, you know, you talk about the squad's um, record of getting legislation passed. All these Republican firebrands, yeah. I mean, what have they passed? Was Ted Cruz and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Bobert, what what have they actually got done? And to Fernando's point, yeah, it's more just about what is the other side against? Mm-hmm. And that, I think, does tap into uh-huh. why, why why are so many GOP outliers, as, as Lindsay calls them, uh, being pro-Putin? They probably look at the Democrats and be like, mm, yeah, they're a lot pro-Ukraine. I can't be that. Right. And it's really sad. Uh, and again, we live in a world where unfavorables matter more than favorables. And perhaps that's one of the reasons uh, why they act in the way that they do. I want to play this sound. Speaking of constituents. <laughs> my pillow. <laughs> I knew this was a choice. So, whoa. My pillow, it's it's What still, about your pillow, Ben? My pillow is covered in dog hair. Um <laughs> Mike Lindell. That. Mike Lindell, this man was at the White House. This man spoke, I believe this clip is from CPAC. Our friend Devram from the Good Liars took this. Again, the Good Liars check out everything they do. Um they're just they're wonderful. I think they they handle things with grace in a way that is extremely difficult and unique and they make it look so so easy. But Mike Lindell was at the White House <laughs> recently. This man was, you know, he could call Trump whenever. This is what he was telling a group of people and this is what some of these people believe, and maybe these are the people that Bobert, Gozer, Matt Gates, maybe these are the people they're attempting to court. But let's just play Mike Lindell. I'm going to put 300 million Americans in prison. If you're born in the United States, you're, you're just doomed. You're going to prison because of Mike Why? Lindell. Why? <laughs> and if you're, alive, if you're alive now, even the prison guards are going to be in prison. <laughs> well, they're just talking? there for work. Of course, the irony when it comes to the militarization of police, good Lord, everyone has blood on their hands. Uh, certainly uh, the Republican Party. And of course, we know the Democratic Party as well. But in recent history, it's definitely uh, the love of the militarization of the police. The fetishization of the militarization of the police seems to be coming from the right, specifically if you look at Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. So election fraud, as we talked about, the true fraud is the idea that there's fraud. (laughs) DeSantis said, I know what to do to stop election fraud. He wants his own personal police force. He Uh, wants six million for 52 sworn officers. He did not get that. Instead, the GOP-led House and Senate gave him $1.4 million for 10 police officers, um, and they are assigned to the new, quote, Office of Election Crimes and Security. So if you ever wondered, like, how do politicians help out their friends? That's how. Mm -hmm. You make up a problem, (laughs) you make up a solution, and then you hire your buddies to be fake cops. Ugh, good grief. So when it comes to Mike Lindell bitching about how everyone's going to go to prison in America just because of Mike Lindell, it is simply not the case. Right. And I don't think Lindell was trying to make a case for criminal justice reform or anything like no. that, because we we do have more people in prison per capita than any other nation on the planet. 
But Mike Lindell, I think, was uh, I'm going to venture. I'm going to say he was talking crazy. I believe that is the case. And to just further talk about the militarization of the police, it's so militarized. Their tactical gear is now actually going Mm -hmm. to be used in war. As a matter of fact, police departments from around the United States are donating tactical gear to Ukraine. Which, again, anyone who thinks we're being hyperbolic when we talk about the militarization of the American criminal justice system is absolutely wrong. It is now sending we- – at least they're sending the weapons of war to war uh, where to they belong. Into war. Right. Isn't yeah. that nice? The right. surplus that our military gave them can now go help fight another war. That's so fun. I'm glad the 1033 program, it's like a boomerang. Yeah. You throw the weapons <laughs> to the community and then you throw them back to the Pentagon and then they put them back overseas. That's what a great new program. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. Isn't that Whoa. called gun? Isn't that called being like an international guns dealer? Weapons dealer? <laughs> Basically an arms dealer. Yes. Uh, so law enforcement agencies in several states have announced this in recent days. They'll be donating dozens of pieces of body armor, such as ballistic helmets and vests. Um, and of course, uh, you know, guns and things like that. State law enforcement agencies in Colorado and Vermont both announced Wednesday that they were donating, defen- donating defensive equipment to Ukraine. Vermont Governor Phil Scott said the state's policing agencies were, quote, coordinating in an effort to donate used and expired body armor vests to military units in Ukraine. I don't mm. think they're giving them the best stuff. Mm. Expired, uh, they are, huh? they are yeah. getting the hand-me-down expired bulletproof vests. Which uh, probably still better than what we gave our soldiers in 0203 in Iraq. I have a question. Okay, how mm-hmm. militarized do you think DeSantis's police is going to be? Are they going to be? They're dick- just going to have a bunch of dildos on their. <laughs> I'm, it's just his. It's just his freaking douchebag squad. Are you think that? Do you think eventually they will go after Mark Meadows? No. <laughs> <laughs> so who are they going to go after, Ben? What are they people do? that look like you, Fernando? Uh, I'm not that's even ex- allowed to vote, Ben. That's so. exactly who they're going to go after. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's a good time to bring up the census, because why didn't people fill out the census? They're freaking scared, man. I was scared, Ben. Because absolutely, yeah. because the uh, gazpacho police, <laughs> Marjor- <laughs> the gazpacho police, such as the ones, of course, that's a joke on Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, <laughs> such as the ones that uh, such uh, police forces such as the ones DeSantis just made Mm -hmm. in Florida send a chilling effect to people who uh, want to vote, want to become citizens, but Mm. they felt too scared to fill out the census in 2020. 19 million Americans were not counted in this census. And uh, it's a drop from 5% from 2010. And this is all involving rhetoric. This is why words matter. And this is why who we have in power Mm. also matters. So when it comes to what happened in 2020, these are the national results. I'm just going to focus on the Hispanic vote here because uh, for the most part, people tended to fill out the census uh, the same as they did previously with some differences. But really, the Hispanic and Latino populations saw a dramatic drop in people who voted or who filled out the census. And again, I'm sure everyone knows this, but if you don't fill out the census, you don't get represented because that's how they break down districts and things like that. So it really is important. School funding, funding, a lot of things that really hit home. So the Hispanic and Latino population had a statistically significant undercount rate of 4.99%. Now, in 2010, they had an undercount rate of 1.54%. So 
triple basically the amount of people uh, that did not fill out the census. So they are not being represented. And that was all, again, because of the fear factor that has been put in the heart of millions and millions Mm -hmm. of Americans, whether they be documented or undocumented. Well, yeah, don't forget back in 2020, as we were gearing up for the census and the pandemic was settling in, we were also dealing with the fact that the Trump administration was slowly taking apart the census. Uh, the census department, right? right? They were underfunding it. They weren't hiring enough people. Um, and then, you know, I've, I think I've mentioned on this show, I actually uh, talked to someone who was doing census counting. People didn't want to be seen. They didn't want to be counted. He had to like kind of cajole them and eventually telling them how many people actually lived in the house. But keep in mind, the, another part of the census of 2020 was the potential. And I believe it got turned down by the Supreme Court to ask people if they were legal residents or not that was a trump trick to try to track how many illegal immigrants were in the country at the Mm. time and of course that is why a lot of uh hispanics especially avoided the entire thing Mm -hmm. uh, completely because even if you're legal what if you do have maybe one or two illegal and you know again it just means it doesn't mean they're terrible people it just means they came in a certain way and the, I mean, they they tried to communicate it. I saw tons of commercials in both English and Spanish that saying mm-hmm. this is not an immigration. We're just trying to count everybody. But the reality is there was already a lot of fear in place just from the Trump administration, what they had already done. Right. What happened mm-hmm. with DACA, with the registration yes. for DACA? Right. You know, they registered uh, thinking that they were going to get help. Did and then right. the ICE shows up at your front door. Yeah, there's, there's no way that. Uh, especially if you already have that distrust of the government, there's no way you're going to fill out a form telling Abuelita's here and she got here illegally. Of course. And whenever they would speak, it was always MS-13, which MS-13 is a gang. And what they have done is always illegal. Right. Uh, But they tried to make it all Hispanics or MS-13. And it's like, no, it's it's mostly grandmas, a lot of grandmas and uh, just a lot of human beings living their lives. Just Just human beings living their lives. Trying to live the American dream. And I will also point out another reason. I mean, the the number you said is astounding. 19 million. 19 million. Under, I mean, and and again, whether they're legal or illegal, these are people who live here. They are constituents. And this, if you're chopping out millions of people who are living here, the redistricting process. That's why we do the census Mm. is so we can redraw our congressional maps and states will lose a congressperson and other states will gain a a congressperson. That's why it's so screwed up to mess up a scientific logistical process like the census. I can't believe that the census has become politicized, which of course means it's toxic uh, because that's how how, uh, politics work. It turns even the greatest things into something that you can't trust because once politics come into it, it becomes tainted. Well, speaking of imprisonment, I do want to bring this story up once again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of imprisonment and Russia, Brittany Griner, the WNBA superstar, two-time Olympic athlete, um, she is still in custody. Congressmen uh, don't know where she is. Uh, No one knows what where she is in the process. This is according to Representative Colin Allred. Uh, They say, I do think that it's really unusual that we've not been granted access to her from our embassy and our consular services. The criminal justice system is very different than ours. It's very opaque. We don't have a lot of insight into where she is at that process right now, but she's been held there for three weeks now 
and it's extremely concerning. And then on a domestic front in the U.S., a Russian spy has just been arrested, mm-hmm. Alina Branson. She worked. Uh, she's been arrested by the Justice Department, alleging that she has been working with the Russians as a foreign agent. Now, the timing here is interesting, obviously, with the uh, war that's going on. And now, of course, with Brittany Griner. Do you think that uh, also this woman, Elena, she's been in the country since 2014. Um, mm. They say that she they know she's been working with the Ru- Russians since then. I told uh, Travis and Fernando before, it reminds me of the song Poncho and Lefty, where it's mm-hmm. like they could have gotten him any time. Mm-hmm. I guess they just didn't out of the goodness of their heart. So you wonder if timing was right. And they're like, well, they, you got Brittany Griner. Let's take Elena, charge her with a conspiracy to commit visa fraud and making false statements to the FBI. And is this potentially a, a prisoner swap situation? Oh, hell yeah. Prisoner swap. My favorite HGTV <laughs> show. Oh, yeah. You know I love that show. I love prisoner swap so much. You wait until that happens. <laughs> but yeah, we see this in, um, I mean, diplomacy, honestly, all the time, right? I mean, the some of the, the what was the, the botched one that everyone blamed Obama for? The, the Berg, Berg doll that they got him back out of Afghanistan. Yeah, we and- gave up five pretty high level, um, mm. you know, air quotes, terrorists, members of Al-Qaeda, all for someone. Uh, yeah, Berg doll who you know, betrayed his unit and I believe was actually prosecuted once we got him here. Um, so maybe go. he would have rather stayed in Afghanistan. That's what they'll do. They'll just bring Brittany Griner back here so she can face weed crimes here. Oh, okay, that's right. our oh job God. here in the States. <laughs> I, I know you guys are making a joke, but that's probably legitimately what was going to happen with that situation. Oh my goodness. Uh, this is according to uh, Merrick Garland regarding the 60, this is, she's a 61 year old woman. Uh, they say she knowingly conspired to quote, to commit an offense against the United States to wit acting as an agent of foreign government without prior notification to the attorney general. So Hmm. if you are acting, if you're here and you're acting on behalf of a foreign government, don't forget to register. You got to pay taxes. You got it. You got I'm I'm working for the Irish. (laughs) We need you. We need to count you in the census, please. Thank you. We'll see what happens with this case. It is just unusual timing, interesting timing. And you wonder if uh, if a prisoner swap might be uh, in the works. Also, when it comes to prisoners, as Fernando mentioned earlier, getting oil from Venezuela, Venezuela and U.S., obviously, um, to say that we have a uh, ooh, complicated history. It's 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 tough. It's a little <laughs> tough. It really it's like compli- it's almost like historically all the other countries we have complicated relationships with have oil. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, weird so, coincidence. Venezuela has said that they will free two U.S. citizens uh, that are currently being uh, detained there. This is what Biden said in a statement. Two Americans mm. who were wrongfully uh, detained in Venezuela will be able to hug their families once more. We're bringing mm. Gustavo Cardenas and Jorge Fernandez back home so wow this episode of prisoner swap just got a lot sexier (laughs) yes and of course it's nicholas maduro who is not a good man uh however the u.s as travis just said when it comes to dealing when it comes to oil we can Mm. deal with a lot of people and when it comes to venezuela god knows um it would have been a hell of a lot better off if we would have just (sighs) never ever interfered and everyone complaining about the immigration crisis well You know, we got to follow the money and realize we're also partly to blame, which, again, is why we need to have a full, uh, you know, 360 immigration policy Mm -hmm. and realize that not all of these things are done without our fault. 
Right. Our foreign policy has repercussions on our domestic policy. 100%. Absolutely. So Fernando was arrested last year. He's been characterized in published reports as a Cuban American tourist who was carrying a small domestic drone. Um, hmm. Yeah. So hmm. anyway, who that knows? That sounds like the Fernando we know. Oh. I don't carry drones. I don't want to get arrested. But you would. <laughs> Very well. I'm not, I'm not much of a drone guy. <laughs> I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Well, speaking of new laws that are making people who weren't criminals yesterday criminals today, mm. Idaho. Idaho. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Fernando did it. Fernando, you did it. You get the award for joke of the month. <laughs> An Idaho bill, again, talking about snitch culture, talking mm. about everyone turning neighbors against one another. It's freaking disgusting. I absolutely hate it. Um, an Idaho bill, it would now make it a felony for parents to help trans teens get gender-affirming health care. So, obviously, they're going to cite, you know, wacky-ass, maybe some outlier stories to use uh, Lindsey Graham's term, whatever. It's all nonsense. This is such a non-issue, and it's such a it's such a culture war smokescreen to lack of proper policy. Mm -hmm. Idaho, of course, don't forget uh, the state that gave us Larry Craig, the man who just had a wide stance while he was taking a dump at the <laughs> Minneapolis airport, <laughs> trying to get blown as he was preaching family values. Mm -hmm. Idaho's House of Representatives passed a bill that would make it a felony for anyone to help transgender children get gender affirming health care. Can I ask you this? When was the last time you saw one of these chicks, you know, with really rich dads with fake tits at 16? When was the last time that they got arrested? <laughs> when was the last time the parents got arrested for buying their kid a new fucking ding dong when he was 17? That's a hot take, Ben, but you are so right. It's like, what are we talking That's, about here? It's it, such it, an obvious fucking affront uh, to uh, civil rights. And then again, it's such a smokescreen for the failing policy uh, for the failing policies that are hurting the people of Idaho. Yeah, and it's also classism because this you're absolutely right. This isn't going to even if a, a rich parent uh, is is getting transgender therapy and 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 processes done on their kids, it's not going to apply to the rich folks. It's only going to apply to the poor and middle class families. Absolutely. People stuck in Idaho, basically, because as we talked about with abortions in Texas, the rich can just get up and go do them somewhere else. They can go handle mm -hmm. this issue somewhere else. It is, again, exactly what Travis said. People who don't have the means to escape fines. basically. Absolutely. And of course, it's all predicated on a false belief, um, such as people who are transgender are mentally ill. Now, wow. people who are transgender are just people. So there are probably people who are transgender who are mentally ill. And then there's people who are not mentally ill because they're just freaking human beings. And they run the full scope of what all human beings can be. 
But this is according to Republican Representative Bruce Skog. Mm. He cited Texas's yeah. decision. Of course. Again, in his arguments for the bill, and he called being transgender a mental illness. He says, we need to stop sterilizing and mutilating children under the age of 18. This is a mental illness that needs to be treated. Sounds like he is straight up reading off of a 4chan QAnon chat. These laws are absolutely not needed and, again, are huge uh, depictions of government overreach and how the culture war is hurting all of us. So this is the kind of stuff that, you know, uh, Cawthorn should be talking about. That's too woke. This is the kind of stuff to me that this is what he should be focusing on. Well, I mean, again, when it comes to people who are small government minded in Washington, they're only small government minded when it hurts the other side because of they're always trying uh, to collect power. When it comes mm-hmm. to these uh, gender affirming um, care, right? Right. Studies have found it reduced the risk of severe depression by 60% and suicide by 73%. Wow. So this is about saving kids' lives. Three out of four right. kids' just, lives. Of course. And just making sure that we live in, a, in, a, in an inclusive world, but also in a world where we, we don't separate people based upon religion, class, um, color, you know, economic situations where they grow up. And something like this is just it just flies in the face of all of those things. And again, the Idaho legislation, I'm sure there's some bridges that need fixing and something that they could be doing with their time other than trying to hurt a real small group of people. So a couple people can feel like they've done something in the name of God. It's almost like Lindell was was uh, projecting that we're all going to be prisoners. We're soon. all prisoners. <laughs> and soon. it's the GOP making all the laws to do it. Good well, grief. It's just unbelievable. And also when it comes to uh, wacky legislation in Florida, the Florida GOP led Senate delivered a major piece of Governor DeSantis's 2022 agenda. They passed legislation to root out any possible traces of critical race theory within the state school. Uh, uh, they're targeting, quote, woke corporate trainings. It's not even about corporate trainings. I don't know. It's just not American history has you got to learn it warts and all. <sighs> Otherwise, you're not going to understand progress where we've come. And if we right. don't understand where we were. We're going to end up repeating it, which is why we're having more racial division than I've ever seen in my life. And it's breaking my enlarged heart. Absolutely. I remember in seventh grade when we watched Mississippi Burning and it had a profound effect on me. I was so shocked that that it was it was cops and sheriffs doing the murdering of innocent uh, black people in the South and then white people in the South who were just going down there to help black people register to vote. I mean, it's absolutely insane. GOP leaders contend that the legislation has been couched in an quote, individual freedom bill and was needed to keep teachers and companies objective when leading school lessons or employees training around what race. What is objective? Slavery is objectively <laughs> terrible. Exactly. Here's, well, there's two sides to the story. You know, the Holocaust, I, it was that was a pool. They had pools. Uh, Freaking <laughs> freak out. What are we doing here? Not everything is binary. He, the, right? Here's what bothers me so much as an academic about this is critical race theory specifically is something that is taught at a like a master's level in right, soci- it's a college course yeah, it's a college course uh, not even just undergraduate like master's level sociology college course so everything mm-hmm. these people have attacked they've stuck onto this word they found this cool phrase critical yeah. race theory that no one knows what it means and if you tell it to your grandpa it scares him and so the, it works the term right. it's not critical race the, fact it's about <laughs> theory it's about learning theory. new theories 
It's like uh, the good liars uh, bringing them up again. They interviewed that voter in Virginia last year before Youngkin basically won on these CRT, these educational non-issues. Um, and the voter couldn't even explain what critical race theory was. He's just like, I don't know, but what I've heard about it, I don't like it. I, I think a lot of people, and you know, in, in some ways rightfully so, were upset with certain mandates involving their children. And I think the critical race theory people kind of – Piggybacked. Um, they piggybacked on mm-hmm. it, but I don't think most parents, I don't believe, want their children to not know the history of this country. Absolutely. But I, I think there were some issues with masks and uh, and things of that nature that also were driving a lot of the parent sentiment. And of course, that case that we had uh, involving the um, the bathroom rape and all of that horrible stuff. Um, Anyway, according to Senator uh, Chevron Jones, this is what they say. They say uh, to my Republican colleagues, there is a national tone happening right now to where I believe the revisionist history is being practiced. I agree. This bill is not about individual freedom. This is a continuation of a national agenda to whitewash history, all because we don't want white children to feel uncomfortable about true black history. Uh, This is also uh, kind of in concert or, you know, almost a a brother or a sister to the bill dubbed the don't say gay bill, mm, which uh, no, which boy. does not allow any conversation of sexual orientation uh, to be spoken to around kindergartners and third graders. Uh, again, is this something that needs to be legislated? I just absolutely don't believe it does. No. And I wish that the government would stay out of, I understand their public schools, but in theory, public schools are supposed to, um, be controlled by the district in which they are mm-hmm. uh, in. Local school boards. Right. Exactly, local Parents. school boards. And so this, to me, again, another example of right-wing uh, government overreach, all predicated upon this culture war bullshit. And this is where they think they're going to win at the polls. I agree with you, Ben. It's something the libertarians have harped on for years. The Republican big government policies is absolutely it's when it comes to social issues, right? The governments want to control your bedroom, right? That's why we used to say we want to get out of your bedroom and your boardroom. Um, but now we got the Republicans are trying to get in the classroom, your bedroom. They just want to be with you all the time. And it's an absolute abomination. The only thing I'm thinking that we can do is to take a piece of, you know, boycotting the Russian oil. I'm going to start boycotting Florida oranges, Idaho potatoes, and Texas Roadhouse. What? (laughs) You're never going to be fat then. I understand, and I'm okay with that. You know, Texas Roadhouse has those butter biscuits, though. Okay, you're right. I do like those. (laughs) You're back in. I'm back in Texas, but only for you. All right. And just lastly, when it comes to legislation, Virginia actually had a law that I agreed with. It restricted uh, it restricted facial recognition technology use when it comes to uh, local polices. They just uh, lifted that. What? So don't worry. Last what? year, Virginia lawmakers what? passed one of the most restrictive bans in the country on the use of facial recognition technology. Yeah, you heard that right. It lasted eight months mm. before ah. the ban was lifted. And you wonder if there wasn't some lobbying going on with these huge say. corporations making millions and billions of dollars off of their new tech that can only be used when monitoring people. Isn't that thank you so much, big tech? Mm, also, isn't the Republican that? Party, don't they bitch about big tech? I thought the Republican Party had like a bunch of stuff to say about how big tech is bad. But I guess in Virginia, they have decided that some of it's good as long as it puts uh, constituents in prison and makes money uh, for some stupid ass government, uh, for some stupid ass company that now just got a brand new government contract. 
That's brutal because I just heard uh, my own Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown, he and Ron Wyden, you know, there used to be a pretty strong Fourth uh, Amendment caucus amongst progressive Democrats and libertarian-leaning Republicans. And they're actually working to uh, to ban facial recognition technology at a federal level. So you are going to, I think, start to see more of these battles happening at the federal level, state level. Um, but again, what is Virginia doing? What is Yunkin doing? I don't understand how the man got elected in the first place, right. and I don't understand how he He's going to govern. To me, it seems like the the focus was originally that they tried to use this during the 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 demonstrations in 2021 with all the racial justice demonstrations. Yeah, and they got a, they got it all wrong. Right. It's, well, obviously wrong. <laughs> right. I mean, but I think the they, they what they're saying is that they were, were giving a chance for them to like figure out if this worked for them and if the technology to evaluate the facial recognition technology, basically. And so now they realize they can make plenty of arrests with it. So they kind of need it. Is right. And there's about 10 companies that are making bank. Caracom with a C. Verify you. Y-O-O, Red Rock Biometrics, Slice, L-Y-C-E, God, these are such, Sensory, Keros, Face Plus Plus, Effectiva, AnyVision, and True Face. Uh, right now, the facial recognition market is $9.6 billion. Mm, uh-huh. It has grown 21% mm-hmm. from 2016 to 2022. So great. Thank you, Ben. I've just written down all those companies. I will be adding them all to my stock portfolio and I'll be telling my good friend, Nancy Pelosi. Fantastic. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. All right. So government overreach on all sides, constantly keeping us on our toes. It is not a good day when Ilan Omar and Lauren Boebert share the same opinion on a bill. Man, what a world, huh? A cold world. They they usually... They usually can't even share the same elevator. No, they so really this can't. Is, this is a new turn. New turn. Yeah. What in the world? I can't believe. I really hope these people don't actually represent Americans. They don't. I see Americans every day and they really just don't. These people are like alien. Uh, they're just fucking bloodsuckers and psycho. Anyway. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Oh, and uh, Travis, I wait a second. What am I getting here? It's time for a Travis plug. Oh, speaking of bloodsuckers and psychos, I'll be performing <laughs> comedy in Cleveland, Ohio this weekend. Uh, last time I did comedy in Cleveland, we actually had a listener come up and say that she loved the show and everything nice. we do. I believe I gave her one of my leftover Central Ohioans countering Kasich bumper stickers. My anti-John Kasich back that I ran in 2014. So if you want one of these fun anti-John Kasich bumper stickers that says he blew it real big on it, Whoa. Uh, come on out to Happy Dog this Saturday. It's a late show, so get there uh 11 p.m., 11.30, and That's it's going to be a late show. It's a late show, um, but Happy Dog's an awesome hot dog bar. I've done stand-up there many <laughs> times. I Ramon Rivas uh, did a great storytelling show there a long, long time ago, so it'll be good to be back in Cleveland, and I would love to see everyone there. All right. You can make it. Go support Travis. Get a bumper sticker and laugh and laugh and have a wonderful night. And thanks, everyone, who came out to the shows in Chicago. We will be on the road very soon. Oh, the wonderful world of the road. Okay, everyone, thank you for listening. Hail yourself. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Come on, the doors are on back. Whoa, what the? Is there a door behind all those spiders? <laughs> it's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. <sighs> look at how many spiders there aren't. Where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first? Relax, you booked a Verbo. 